ahead and get started. I see Cyberduck in the audience as well. Uh, Matt, so you're going to be presenting the SIP, SIP 2021? Yes, I will be. All right. Well, we, we have five here, so good to go whenever you're ready. All right. Yeah, awesome. So I'm here to present SIP 2021. I will put the link in the chat. Um, this is a SIP to add the state D and wrap state D, the synthetics perps. Um, Obviously, as the SIP process works, this does not set any parameters. This is just to approve the assets as paused. Um, this would offer state ETH and wrap state ETH against USD, not against ETH, um, to track the price of their respective cryptocurrencies. Um, the motivation here is mostly around the fact that state ETH and wrap state ETH uh, lack centralized and decentralized uh, perp support across DeFi. Uh, once these markets can help to expand the synthetics perp user base, and there's a couple uh, primary use cases for traders um, that are farming uh, these liquid staking derivatives in various ways. I provide a little bit of that info uh, in the rationale section, um, but some of these, you know, these these enable the typical use cases of speculation, arbitrage, and then leverage trading for uh, widely used liquid staking derivatives. Um, these markets have also been directly requested by Lido Finance contributors. Uh, it was requested by Justin, but he wasn't able to make it. Helps out with BD over there. Um, and yeah, here, I'm going to put some of the use cases that folks could use. Let me drop them in the subcall chat. Um, these are just different types of uh, of ways that farmers that are Tapping into stake ETH and wrap stake ETH could uh, could could leverage synthetics perps to hedge the other side of their position. Um, given we have we do not know how funding rates will play out and if it will be profitable for them, but you know that that'd be up to the market to to decide. Um, one of the things that I wanted to include here, and I've I've already said, um, when setting subsequent parameters, if these markets are approved. It's important to note that stake ETH and wrap stake ETH do not have uh, any support for other perpetual futures markets. Um, so that may be important during the parameter setting process as there's not a direct place to go arbitrage fees, at least as it relates to another perpetual futures um, exchange. So yeah, um, I grabbed some of the volume data um, for these two pairs. It might be a little outdated by this point. I'm happy to grab new data. That data was grabbed May 9th. Um, and May 9th, uh, stake deep and wrap stake deep across mostly decentralized exchanges had approximately like 20 million and 17 million respectively for each one, stake deep being 20 million and wrap stake deep uh, 17 million 24 hour volume. Um, let me see if there's anything else here that needs to be said. No, I, I, I think that should be mostly it. I, I, I think these are two very interesting pairs um, that no one else supports and I... I think we'd be able to support with with some pretty tight OI caps and and monitoring around them, um, and then from there we'd be able to, uh, you know, onboard a uh, a much wider range of of traders um, that haven't been able to access these markets up to now. Um, I will also drop in a, the two articles from Lido about um, how each one of these works. Um, staked ETH, like ST ETH. 
is there rebase token um, that is like one to one with ETH, and then that's the one you'd hold, and then it would uh, the the rewards would accumulate in your account, so that the the price of that is typically one to one with ETH, and then Rapstake ETH puts those rewards into the the price of the token. Um, so that one usually trades at you know whatever the ETH price is plus whatever the current rewards are for the pair plus or minus um you know if if there's any sort of speculative value on on either side of this so yeah you guys are you know i would definitely recommend reading about uh, how each one of these works um and yeah happy to take any questions here but i think this is a, a relatively straightforward one and i think we've improved a little bit of the information that's that's included in the sip process that adam and and bert and others had brought up in the last SIP presentation around new assets being added So the, the expectation here, I guess, is that this is primarily going to be driven by an arbitrage trade and get pretty skewed to one side. And then the hope is that the um, funding skew is going to incentivize people to pick this up instead of the generic F long. Is that what we're thinking? Uh, yeah, the the expectation is um, is that people would still arbitrage the other side um you know with with funding rates and and price impact there to bring people down but obviously i think this market does present a little bit more of an interesting funding rate dynamic than some of the others yeah i would think this is the first market that we're adding where we can predict that the skew is going to consistently be moving away from that equilibrium because like the main reason to have a, a synthetic version of this product is to short against the uh you know spot version of this product and capture delta yield. Um, so I don't think we've ever seen something like that. And I would just want to make sure we're adjusting slowly to some weird behaviors we've not considered in the system before. Yeah, definitely. I think these I think these are great points to bring up. Um, just, just to be 100% clear here, um, uh, there, there was like thoughts around um, could we onboard things like, uh, let's just say, wrap state deep. Uh, against the ETH pair and something like that just really wouldn't be possible, right? Because it's just kind of kind of up only as it ticks up with rewards. Um, but alongside USD, that that dynamic changes a little bit. Um, Afif is also dropping some comments in the Gov call chat. He's saying negative funding, but not short you. Yeah, so I had a look at these assets and there are many things i'm not comfortable with why is it not possible to borrow this anywhere you think i would assume that go ahead i would assume that um there is not a ton of on-chain and off-chain liquidity for these assets there's um, plenty on Aave and they say but they disabled borrowing it's the rebase dynamic and the looping that they were having concerns with. Um, so a, a lot of the different places can't take it with the way that the rebase is handled, and that's why they have the wrap stake teeth to begin with. But then sure. on, on any market, you're going to get ridiculous looping just to grab the arbitrage, right? Um, Definitely. And, and that's kind of concerning because if you have like 
uh, that rebasing. If you have a wrap six ETH, you know, and there's a rebasing scheduled at 12 Eastern time, then what would happen is the fees have to be more than the pickup and yields. Otherwise, you'll have like a arbitrage, right? Since the price will go up. Yeah, uh, that, that's part of the there. concern there about the the wrapped stake ETH. That wouldn't happen with the um, stake ETH itself ETH. because they're they're rebasing the token, and so holding the spot, you have more of it. The, the price hasn't changed. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, there would be that, that's there would why, be some of that, that was on wrapped stake. Yeah, that that concern was on wrapped uh, stake ETH. That and now stake ETH isn't possible to to borrow because you're saying it because of the rebasing property where so it's not that it's borrow... impossible but it depends on how you've set up the contract right so basically what they're doing is there's an internal variable against the number of tokens that they're using to calculate when you return balance of um, and so if your system takes a deposit and tracks internally uh, a user's deposit rather than as a, a holding or a proportional share but is counting a raw number, that rebase won't be reconciled. Um, so some systems could, in theory, add it in lending, but most of the systems that were before we had rebasing tokens are just not designed to handle changing user balances in a pool. So, so I, I mean, I looked all over the chain. There isn't a single place where they offer you stake teeth available for borrow, you know? Yep. And so that means there's no way you can short this anywhere and if you can't short it then the screw would be you can't touch it like arbitrage won't happen unless the funding rate is crazy yeah that's that was my concern about the funding rate is it, it has to be crazy because everybody's going to want to short this here because there's nowhere else to short it and you have a baked in reward of you know five percent annual right um so the skew will get i would imagine very heavy to the negative on the on the funding rate side. Aside from that, you have like several issues maybe on Ave because of Chainlink Oracle on it. What I understand is that uh, the, the oracles were not in sync between staked ETH dollar and ETH dollar maybe something in that in that staked ETH ETH maybe it was. So, 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 the the oracle is not perfect as well because of the maybe the rebasing property. I I don't think it, it's that. My understanding is that the challenges they've had is that staked ETH does sometimes trade, even though it's one to one. It sometimes trades at an implied differential price because of that risk that people are taking on, um, and so you do get a spread between them that doesn't get closed as much as it should. I think, you know, like there's a, like a DPEG protocol, protocol that pays out if something DPEGs. And that deep, it, it triggered a DPEG event on staked ETH. And it wasn't, it wasn't triggered because staked ETH DPEGed. It was more because uh, Ave, I think, has internally staked ETH ETH and they have ETH dollar and they were not in sync. And that, that caused the issue. 
uh, in terms of Oracle pricing, you know. But but that said, like th this aside, aside from problems with Oracles and uh, by the way, Wrapstick ETH has no no liquidity anywhere on any centralized exchange. So it's probably mainly yeah. On yeah, I mean, I think that's think think that's expected. Like I think it was built for like DeFi protocols to be able to accept it. But yeah, yeah, but it, it has an internal price telling you the amount of the underlying. ETH. So the only thing you have to worry about is if somebody can deposit and withdraw enough in a single block where they're also doing a transaction to like mess up the unit price. I mean that that's uh, definitely something to consider in terms of listing a perp if you can play with the pricing with contracts. It it does it, it does raise concerns for me. Yeah. So especially rap staked ETH, you know, like staked ETH has some presence on Bybit, from what I've seen. No perps, just some uh, exchange. Although it's not very, very active. Most of the liquidity maybe is on 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 Curve against ETH. I think they had the uh, rap staked ETH was on Euler, was it? And then they yeah yeah it was it was like a like a very highly used pair yeah out of Euler. And now, now it's gone. So that 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 there are like a hundred things maybe I'm worried about from from listing these two. The depegging risk, the not being able to hedge it, like not not having it anywhere is not something we should be happy about. I think it's something we should be concerned about. I I think I can get um, there and agree with you on the wrapped staked ETH because I think there's dynamics there to figure out first, mainly around that. Um, but on stake teeth, I would still be in favor of it, I think, because I think those points are uh, addressable at least. And, and if we're finding that there's too much shorting and our um, funding rate isn't giving enough incentive, that's a correction to be made in the, the funding rate rather than just not having the asset altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Like I do, I do see the, the point. The only, the only concern here, you know, is the... Um... A risk that maybe is persistent across uh, listing anything is the DPEG risk. Like, if you remember, like when we had, uh, I think it was when FTX imploded and like a lot of staked ETH went to the chain and they almost DPEGged curve right. significantly. Yeah, but the, the DPEG doesn't matter here because we're pulling STETH price, right? And then we have separate markets for ETH. So in theory, Someone could be using uh, our perps specifically to hedge themselves against a DPEG. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but how do we hedge ourselves against uh, <laughs> the DPEG as stakers? You know, they'll they'll take on the debt pool risk because there's no no way to 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 short it anywhere. So this, you understand what I mean? No, I'm I'm at a total loss. If I if I want to short stake like, ETH in a in like, Sure. Having it be a, a DPEG, I'm going to have to pay a large amount of funding here, right? And unless the sure. underlying is going, you're saying that the DPEG delta would have to be greater than the funding rate plus the annual fee reward in order to not be arbitraged and to hit the debt pool and then for it to not recover. And I, I, I think with the scale of STETH at, at this point being like 12 billion AUM, 
it, if that happens, we have bigger problems than just, you know, DPEG hitting the, the debt pool. That's like black swan catastrophic scenario. Well, like, um, I think the size of how much uh, is actually staked is not something maybe that uh, um, would surprise me if it got tracked at some point, you know, like we had FTX imploding. It was huge. What I'm saying is like, let's say, let's say that there is like some event huh? and a lot of staked ETH is going to go on the market for ETH. That event could take the form of, uh, I don't know, uh, Justin Sun, like unloading it on the market. I think he has a significant amount. And so what would happen at that point in time is you'll have a discount, a significant discount in staked ETH, like it will go down. Right, right? but you're assuming that no one is going to want to trade their current ETH back to that across a curve pool in order to deposit it into Lido and pick up the, the Delta spread on the staking, right? Sure, sure. But let's say like the price crashes and then what you could do is you could long it on synthetics as to pick up on the mean reversion back to uh, uh, back to stability or back to skew. So, so, so what I'm saying is that it's less determined by market forces and more by that rebalancing mechanism, which can be played with that scale. So yeah, probably we can list it, but going high on open interest, not really happy about that. And not being uh, delta neutral because of the, is not something great too. Like if you have like a, yeah, like why, right why, now. Why, why, sorry, why do people keep saying it won't be delta neutral? You can't have persistent imbalance, like Troy said in the chat. Otherwise, the funding rate goes to infinity. Like, there's no reason to expect this market would be any less delta neutral than anything else. And you could just ARB versus ETH. Like, you don't need to actually go and short WSD perp. So just keep the scale small at first and see what it does and see if it's as balanced as we expect it to be, and then go from there. Like, I, I personally, I don't see any reason to expect it to be imbalanced. Like long term, you could see it as delta neutral, but I'm talking about maybe shorter term uh, incentives or directions, you know? Like if, if you know- Yeah, like but even then, like 10% like, DPEG, like are we afraid of a thing dropping 10% and not being like, will be probably close to balance. Like that's like nothing really. Like I'm, what I'm saying, like if it depegs, and you will have an incentive to rebalance it in the market, right? So it will get rebalanced, maybe gradually, maybe not. And at that point, you'll have a opportunity to long it so that to gain on the repeg. Right, but you're you're saying that like it's guaranteed that it'll repeg. It's just like any other thing that people trade, like everybody long what? USDC at 0.98. Oh, yeah, it, takes a, easy money. it takes a bit of time, I think, to reclaim. I'm just saying, right? like, it's a random thing. It's not a it's not like a repeg arbitrage. Like you could get wrecked longing the DPEG just as easily as you could shorting the before the DPEG. Like it's still random. There's no way anybody can make free money. 
of, of, of course, like if you want to go from staked ETH to ETH, how long does it take without going through curve? I mean, the liquidity is getting easier and easier to go from staked ETH to ETH. Like, I don't know how much, I don't know if we'll see 10% DPEX again, unless there's a systemic flow of Lido. But even that, like, unless it's like, I don't see any situation where it would be a problem. If you're at Delta neutral, there's a massive DPEG. What happens there? I don't know. But then it's still just random trading activity. Yeah, I mean, if, if we see a 10% DPEG, I'm, I'm buying it in volume because now we're talking like, plus your annual rewards on that, that's a 15% incentive for a buyer to step in. I, the market dynamic here is... I mean, you, you guys think that if we see a 10% DPEG, you'll be jumping on board to buy it, but I think no one will touch it because probably something big happened, you know? Anyway, at the we... end of the day, it's still just a price of an asset, right? Like, we don't, we're, we're not in the business of speculating, will it DPEG up? The problem is, it's not like the other currencies, you know, that it's still just the price of assets. It's a convertible asset, is the issue, you know. It's not a, not a like like your Pepe or what your whatever that uh, trades based on markets can be hedged and stuff. It's different. It has rebalancing in it. It has uh, even like a, um, a rebasing mechanism. So I think it, there's a lot to be concerned about it. Um, probably with with some open interest that's acceptable, fine. You can take the but if you, but you have to keep an eye on it, of course. Like. If, <laughs> If there is an event that would cause the skew to be significantly short, then probably it will wreck the debt pool because we're already like kind of short ETH. I mean, this like this would only be the case if you set OI caps to be something absurd, right? Like if we started relatively small and watched the market dynamics of it, then from there we can you know decide to move it upwards or downwards or or whatever, right? Like we, we would kind of need those those data points in use. Well, like you know, let's say you like start like, with, like I don't know, like some, saying it on the debt pool seems like a like a very wide thing. If if we only set this to be a couple hundred thousand dollars in in OI caps, right? Like hundred thousand dollars is nothing. But but what I'm saying is that let's say we start with. $100,000 and you say, oh, it's Delta neutral. Okay, let's increase it. $10 million. We get there one day. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's and a, some, yeah. You know, by, I definitely, you know, and some, some event happens. Of, of going from 100000 to to $10 million. No, I, eventually, I, I like, eventually, people will ask, like, yeah, increase the cap. You know, it's always neutral. And we'll get there. You know, we'll get to $10 million. And there is yeah, some, I mean, you know, but this exit. is, this is like the same concern around any asset that we have. Like if we were to increase any particular altcoin or, or whatnot, like some long tail stuff to, to 10 million in OI caps and just prayed that nothing happened. I mean, that's uh, like that, that could happen with any coin. Um, and, and we don't know what those dynamics will look like, but I, but I sure. would say that a, sure. a relatively tight OI cap on this one, and then we can watch the dynamics and, and see what people are comfortable with is, is probably a, a fair way to go about it, which is the, 
the big reason that I listed in the SIP that we do not have places to, you know, like perpetual futures protocols to go and short this or, or you know, to, and that, to go the other side on this. That's something, you know, if there was a product like that, people would, would build it, you know. But I think that everyone's kind of not uh, happy with the risk. And that's why they're like, okay, I'm not touching rebasing stuff, you know, or I'm not touching stuff that has a rebalancing mechanism against ETH or that can be played with. Uh, so, so, yeah, the, the, these are the concerns. Otherwise, you have like, I've listing it as borrowable or something, you know. I'm not sure the rebasing is the main culprit here. The culprit there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think for them, like, like earlier, just it, it just ends up being like a massive looping problem. Um, yeah, they but, don't want to like people yeah. to pump it and and go back to like yeah, it it could could be problematic for them. Like, yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah, as oh no no, I was I, I was just gonna read a thief's message because I I think he might be driving or whatnot, but he just said um, rebasing is tricky for composability mostly not for what we're doing. Yeah, and, and the, the fact Just we keep on coming back... Point into the conversation. The fact we keep on coming back to this conversation of it will wreck the debt pool suggests that we're probably not directing enough risk-related fee towards the debt pool to offset major assets being listed. And, like, the, the, the funding fee that we're um, adding in, we should be able to have some sort of risk factor in there that is directly offsetting uh, to the debt pool over time rather than just the generic trade fees. Because if, if, we're, if we're continually saying we can't list some of the most popular assets because of tail risk uh, and it will wreck the debt pool, then we need to adjust how we're forming cost of risk because we're, we're missing something, right? And I feel we've had this conversation with like the last three or four listings, uh, listing related SIPs. I mean, the only requirement is that it can be hatched somewhere. That's like cornerstone of the perps offering is that you unload the risk to somewhere else. And this doesn't have this property. I mean, if, if all we can ever do is what everyone else has already done, especially centralized exchanges, then we've probably lost the plot. That seems like a, a major thing worth us focusing on. Actually, it's like, because it's like you're becoming a bit smarter, you know, in the game, because if you list anything, it's a good way to get uh, destroyed or having your protocol taken advantage of. If you're listing something that's not available elsewhere, there is an arbitrage there, or there is something, you know, behind it. Like uh, these these guys that that uh, offer perps, they don't do it just for fun. They want customers, you know. They want traders, and if they're saying like, "I'm not touching this," huh? it has weird things in it. And probably it's something w worth considering. Definitely, definitely all fair things to to consider during the. Parameter setting process, 
which I think is a, a good place for, for these sorts of things to shine. Matt, Matt, is there um, any chance you, has... you would split these out into two separate votes? Because I think Wrapped is going to have I'm, trouble. I'm happy to split them up. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to split them up. I just think that these sorts of concerns could, could be best you know, uh, established during a parameter setting process, right? Like if the, if the Spartan Council then just decides, hey, we want to allocate something super small to wrap state thief or state thief or whatever, then I think that's like a, like a good place to show it. Um, but if the, if the wider Spartan Council would like me to separate these into two steps and does not need a, another presentation on this, because I think we've, <laughs> I think we've, We've gone around enough times. I'm happy to do so. I just don't really, just don't really see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, not needed. everybody's here, but, but I, happy to do it if, if it'll yeah, help. I think you might have a little more trouble getting it over the line if they're both combined. Uh, I know I would personally be a, a split vote across the two assets at this stage, so that's just something to consider. I see Cab unmuted. I, I was going to ask a question if any, uh, um, I think everyone on the call, all the councillors on the call have heard enough to be able to make their call, make their decision. Is there anyone who hasn't? Okay. That's neat. Uh, I'd be, uh, I wouldn't mind it split as well um, to make it a bit easier. But I've, I think I've heard enough to proceed with approving it with low caps. Cool. I will split it into two SIPs, 2021, and I don't know if, let's say, it doesn't matter if you guys know the number. Yeah, so I'll do 2021 and 2022, and then you folks can, can decide from there. We will not require a, another presentation because that, uh, you know, I really need it here. But awesome. Yeah, no, I think this was a, I think this was a very helpful process. 35 minutes of, of talking about uh, two, two new assets, which is, which is a fun time. But everyone definitely brought in some, some very helpful concerns. I think that'll help the, uh, the parameter setting process. So thanks, folks. Daniel, you want to hand grenade anything right at the end? Now that you're here, thanks for putting me on the spot. Um, I need to bring <laughs> myself up to speed. Like, yeah, I apologize, missed the notice. No worries. You're happy to. You can hand grenade my my DMs if you'd like, or or this channel. So don't worry. Appreciate that. Yeah, anytime. All right. If there are no more questions. I guess we can call that presentation here. Thank you, everybody. All right. Have a good one, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone.